The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss navigating SaaS growth. Joining us is Rob Friedman, who is the head of growth at Zuper, which provides a comprehensive solution for effortlessly managing field sales and service. Zuper enables businesses to efficiently handle customer schedules, employees, and more in a secure manner. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, Zuper is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. Yesterday, Rob and I talked about building a strong foundation for SaaS growth. And today, we're going to continue the conversation talking about scaling your marketing SaaS efforts. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Rob Friedman, the head of growth at Zuper. Rob, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to have you back. Always good to hear from you. And we really got a good start on our conversation yesterday talking about the foundation for SaaS growth. And turns out we didn't really talk much about marketing. <laughs> I guess we did because for me, marketing is about the cultivation of your market. And you can't cultivate your market if you don't understand your customers. And yesterday with building a foundation for a SaaS company, it's figure out who your customers are, what products do they need, and how do you build a seamless experience to provide that to them? That's what you need to get started. So if you don't have that product market fit, doesn't matter how good your advertising, retargeting, copy, creative, doesn't matter. If the product sucks, you're screwed. But let's say we got some product market fit. Great. All right, we're on to something. Now what? How do we scale our marketing efforts for SaaS companies? Yeah, I mean, well, the first thing is don't ever forget your foundation. Don't forget where you came from while you're scaling. I've seen businesses do this where they try to like, okay, we get great. We got a little bit of traction, time to scale. And the first thing they do is start pouring tons of money into ads and sponsoring huge events. And then they're like, well, my marketing budget's gone. I haven't really 10X'd my business through these efforts. What am I doing wrong? And what I would say is they've got the order of operations wrong and they really need to start a little bit lower, a little bit smaller. Again, it's scaling. You start small and grow from there and do some more testing first. Can you guess what the most important word you said in that monologue was? Start lower. Yeah. The secret, the trick for scaling a SaaS business is you start at the bottom of your funnel. 
we have our customers. How do we turn our customers into referral partners, right? It's people that are at the bottom of the funnel or who you focus on first. So how do you understand when you are starting to scale your SaaS efforts, who's in your funnel and who's closest to the bottom? And that is when you start transitioning from like a founder-led sales to an actual marketing and sales mechanism with teams and all that comes with it. First thing I like to recommend is people should find partners, technology partners, integration partners, implementation partners, find your ecosystem. Find other people like IT consultants who are helping their clients solve pain points that you solve and getting in front of them and letting them know who you are. And those, it's more relationship building, but it's lower cost. It can be repeatable. So if they, you, you develop a strong relationship with an implementation partner or IT consultant who has 10 clients, like we work with one that I just did a webinar for them earlier today on, they focus on the solar industry and we partner with them and they've got 15 clients, seven of which probably literally about half of them need a solution like ours and they are now directly referrals. So by building one relationship, it then can expand almost instantly into three, four, six, seven opportunities. And then as they keep growing and working their business, more come in. So that one-to-one relationship building is actually extremely scalable organically. So that's one place I like to start before I get into the bigger and more expensive things. Shit, I'm an idiot because I've heard this advice before and I didn't follow it myself. And I was talking to somebody about the go to market for our production company. I hear everything and it's always channel partners first. How do I go and build relationships with someone that can bring me customers at volume or impacts as opposed to try to go one to one? And your example of working with an implementation partner that has solar clients and allows you to tap into the entire industry. For us, it might be marketing agencies that are working with lots of brands that might want to start podcasts. So you're starting at the bottom of the funnel, and maybe that's people that you already have a relationship with. What's interesting to me is you're not thinking, all right, people that have engaged with the brand or have started conversations, I think of that like they're in our CRM. Let's make sure we are building nurture and a robust funnel and a way for them to understand the product first before we reach out. And you're basically saying, sure, but let's also try to understand who the customers are and find places where we can get them in droves as opposed to go hand-to-hand combat onboarding one client at a time. That's really smart. The other thing while you're doing your scaling efforts is that foundational SEO work, getting your website, getting it ranking better. SEO is a long, long play, so don't ignore it. Do it at the beginning. If you've just launched your website during the foundational stage, but now you're at the point to scale, don't ignore it. Like whatever you thought you did before, more definitely needs to be done. Like whatever, whatever, no matter what. There's a chicken or the egg conversation we have to have here, which Look, I run a content as a service business, so I think you probably understand where I'm coming from here. But I think that there's two schools of thought. One is spend your money to figure out if you can effectively buy your customers until you can no longer do that efficiently and then start to cultivate organic growth channels in parallel to lower the cost of acquisition because you will get customers faster if you can throttle paid. 
as opposed to start early with organic growth. And it's going to take a while for that to start scaling. But when it does, you don't get hooked on the heroin needle of performance marketing. <laughs> I understand both. And honestly, I run a content as a service business. But when we're growing our podcasts, what do we do? We rely on paid because it takes too long for the organic growth to show up. I feel you there. So chicken, egg, growth, organic, paid. How do I make sense of this? Well, I feel you there. I'm probably, uh, you ask my wife, I'm not a very patient person. So <laughs> waiting for SEO three, six months down the line to really start capturing audience. I don't have that kind of patience, but I don't want to ignore it either. It's something paid in SEO, definitely two sides of the same coin. And you can launch them at the same time. But I see a lot of people, they do the paid, but they ignore the SEO side of the coin. Companies, don't forget that. Don't ignore content marketing. It's a great way to build your brand awareness. I don't want to call it content marketing. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You're fine. And it is content marketing, but I think that scares people away. It's don't ignore organic growth. It is not just do blog posts for the sake of blog posts. It is build social followings if that's where your customers engage with your brand. It could be doing a podcast if you're doing more thought leadership. It can be YouTube if you're, you know, doing tutorials about specific pro like it's putting your content out there and building the push mechanism as opposed to the pull mechanism. So there's one more level of nuance here, which is like bottom of funnel, be able to understand who you've engaged with, get some channel partners, start to do your organic and paid growth to get customers in. And then there is like that next level when you get to sort of the real scale, which is building that workflow, which automates the process. How do you think of, all right, let's prioritize and score and building all these mechanisms. I know when you're thinking about scaling your marketing efforts for SaaS companies, it's not purely just, well, how much money do we put into Google or how many blog posts? It's scoring algorithms and frequency capping and all sorts of other data metrics and another level of sophistication. How do you think about combining all of the marketing channel data you get to have basically an omni-channel approach? Well, I first react to that with thank goodness for AI. <laughs> when it comes to data crunching, that is where it shines, pulling out those key insights and trends for you. That scaling right there is leveraging tools like that. I would say you don't need to jump right into like account-based marketing. That comes a little bit later, but getting yourself ready and building the mindset that that's the direction you're going to want to head to I feel in the, how you build your tech stack during this scaling phase certainly matters and making sure you're building out data models that don't lie to you. I feel like sophisticated SaaS growth marketers are moving beyond the intuition of product market fit. They are moving beyond just the advertising component and now starting to get into the data and analytics. And there's obviously an evaluation conversation we have to have. When you think about the stack and connecting and building all the tools and widgets to understand what's happening with your company, that seems like a very critical part of SaaS growth. What does the traditional SaaS tech stack look like so you can understand what's happening with a 360 degree view? That tech stack, you need to definitely build out some key dashboards and metrics in a tool like, you know, I find HubSpot extremely helpful for this. Obviously, there's many others who are they are great and helpful for this area, but you definitely need a robust tool that gives you the insights. 
and forecasting capabilities that you need to grow and to make those smart data-driven decisions. The question of tooling often comes platform versus point solutions and how much MarTeching do you actually want to do? I think about a tool like HubSpot, traditionally a CRM. Obviously, it's got some content marketing. It's got some analytics capabilities as well. We're looking at how do you understand who your customers are? What content are you producing? How is it getting out there? Some sort of an email service provider. And then now we're getting into the composable CDPs. CDPs built off of data warehouses like the high touches of the world. How important do you think it is to have that consolidated view? And is it better to have a one-stop solution like HubSpot or a single source of truth where you're ingesting data from multiple different point solutions? I've gone through this iterations a few times in my career and always starts off piecemeal with multiple platforms. And then I have that yearning desire to have it all in one spot. And then there's some business data tools that can pull them all in like a funnel or Tableau, and you can pull them all in and do your analysis. But it's so much nicer when you eventually get to a point where you can make the transition to a single platform or a couple of platforms and make one your record of truth. It's always good to have a home for your data that you can leverage the what's happening with your customers in real time, build your automations all in one place. Honestly, most of the time, that's a question of cost. Small businesses like mine, I don't know if we're HubSpot ready quite yet. We're still piecing everything together. Monday and pipe drive. It depends what flavor and what size of business you're growing. At the end of the day, when you're thinking about building your SaaS growth strategies, you're starting at the bottom of the funnel. You're using both organic and paid to start to scale. And then you have to have some sense of what's happening and what channels are being the most effective to not only optimize the top of the funnel activities that you're driving, but to be able to create a net that when you do get a lead, it captures them. It might not be in real time, but you need to be able to nurture and get someone across the funnel at the right time when they're raising their hand and they're ready. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Rob Friedman, the head of growth at Zuper. Join us again tomorrow when Rob and I wrap up our conversation talking about measuring and optimizing SaaS ROI. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Rob, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Rob Friedman. That's R-O-B-F-R-E-E-D-M-A-N. Or you can visit his company's website, which is zuper.co, Z-U-P-E-R.co. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Martech Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.